welcome to Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies. And sometimes we just keep a shot. I'm your host, Megan. I'm Kate. Get ready, because here come the spoilers. We have 29 followers. Yay. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and some of these are like just random people that neither of us know, which is cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. One day it's going to be Tobin Bell. I'm going to tag him. Even when we stop doing Saw, I'm going to keep tagging him. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, I was watching Insidious. We watched Insidious last night. Thanks. That is another movie by Lee Winnell and James Wan. Did you know that? I did. I, well, I didn't actually, know that. <laughs> I knew James Wan was involved, but I didn't know Lee Winnell was. That's really cool. Yeah. He also acted in that one. He was one of the ghost hunter guys. Oh, oh my god! It's gosh. so funny. Yeah. His acting has gotten a lot better <laughs> over time. You know, I was talking to my family in Australia, and they were they thought it was really funny that we were kind of shitting on Lee Wan El's acting <laughs> because he's a really respected like filmmaker and actor <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Oh my it's god, all, that's funny! It's all out of love. Like I feel like everything. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing multi-hour-long podcast episodes on every single Saw movie if we didn't love it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think part of the point is also just to enjoy ripping on it. I don't know, like that's fun. That that's that's part of the enjoyment of watching these for me. I know. I really want to to listen to this podcast at some point, but I'm also, I mean, he's fine. His like contribution is always pretty good. Um, it's, it's just everything else around it. Yeah. Yeah. I think soft five. Should we just get started? Yeah. Yeah. Let's I think, jump in. Yeah. We're here talking saw five, the 2008 movie, uh, directed by David Hackle, who I think he was a, production designer in the previous three movies okay and he was involved in some capacity in the movies um beforehand and then this one was executive produced by lee Wanell and james Wan. yeah so that's kind of a bit more removed isn't it i mean it they is. get final side off but yeah i think the executive producers are there to help motivate funding for a movie and then kind of oversee the prop project and like end product of the movie to make sure yeah. it's not like gonna go totally off the walls bonkers but yeah, I think the like creative element is definitely a step removed yeah this one got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes this one is so funny we <sighs> boy I like I enjoyed it there's some slow parts to it though yeah I this this movie's funny I always um I always claim it as my favorite Saw movie, but it's really not. It's actually kind of terrible. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, it's, it's really like a behind-the-scenes compilation <laughs> companion to the series. I feel like um, we, we see a lot of traps set up and going back in time, and but I, I still love it, and and that I think is because of the traps in this one. I really like the traps. I think that the traps in this one are really fun in comparison to the last couple movies. The last couple, I think, were more on the brutal, grotesque side. And I think that 
this one definitely still has the, that element of like gross out horror, but I do think that it's also pretty clever. Like there's a twist at the end um, that I think that yeah. you can spot from a mile away on rewatch, <laughs> but I think that it is a good twist. This movie has a lot of interplay between Strom and Hoffman, the FBI agent and the detective who's been yes. on the case. And that I find like a little bit of a drag. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah. I think it's because you just know, like there's no new information. Like you've you've already gotten in Saw 3 and 4, the tension between Strom and Hoffman. You know that Hoffman's a bad guy. This is now the third episode in a row where really no new information or new story is happening. It's really just going back and filling in holes. Um, and then as we remember, Saw 3 and 4 were actually the same timeline. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we get to watch Jeff get shot Again. for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, I feel like, especially because Jigsaw is dead at this point. And he's such a good character in these movies that I feel like you really miss when he's gone. And I feel like they try to correct that by having lots of flashbacks to previous movies or retconning some, you know, flashback information to be able to keep him included still. And it just feels like they're cheating a little bit. Like it feels like, I don't know, they should have just killed him and let him be dead and moved on rather than trying to, I don't know, do like marketing gimmicks around like, because I think that in the poster and in the trailer, I don't know if you watched the movie trailer for this. I didn't actually. That's been you. I highly recommend watching the movie trailers for all of these movies. (laughs) I should. I don't know why I haven't been doing that already. I I, I remember this one has Strom's head in a box, right? It does. As part of the trailer. I do remember that from the trailer. The trailer is super short, which I do appreciate. It's only about 30 seconds long, but it's so overwrought and dramatic. And they they try to give this motivation like a really religious bent, which I find totally bizarre because that's like not a thing that's in any of the movies. They try to make Jigsaw out to be like this, I don't know, omnipotent God figure where they're like, his justice is righteous. <laughs> it's just really Yeah. Bad. This episode does get quite culty. Um, I, I did kind of pick up on that. It it becomes not, yeah, not quite religious, but a little more spiritual, like a like something that would draw people in to follow it. Okay. Yeah, we should dig into that because I don't know if I picked up on that as much. Yeah. Did you have a synopsis for us or should we just get going i can give a really high level synopsis i think as we've already said we have in this movie the tension between strom and hoffman uh strom our fbi agent that we've been following for the last couple movies has starting has started to grow suspicious that detective hoffman who has been on the case and has lost many 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 colleagues to jigsaw traps may somehow be involved, which we as an audience know after the end of the last movie that he is involved. At the same time, there is 
a trap going on with five people and they are connected in some way and they have to work their way through through a series of jigsaw traps and that's all interwoven uh, between the drama with Strom and Hoffman. Yeah, the theme of the traps this time is friendship, really. I know. It's actually <laughs> it's very <laughs> sweet. It's sad that they didn't figure it out sooner. I I think that Jigsaw Jigsaw as per usual in his tapes and videos are uh is pretty clear about what he wants people to do. Yeah. <laughs> I follow it. Yeah, I I thought so too. Um, man, I really don't want to spend a lot of time on the plot of the detectives this time. Oh, great. That's good. <laughs> I did. I took notes as per usual and I spent a lot more effort writing notes about the traps that our yeah. five are going through because the Hoffman Strom stuff, it's just really protracted. It's super drawn out and it's frankly not that interesting of a No. Not until the very, 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 very end. I was going to say, the end scene is like the payoff. That's uh, amazing. Still, it's like not worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so do you want to dig in? The movie opens as per usual with a with a trap. With a rando trap. We don't know this dude. Um, this guy is chained to a table and restrained. Did you have a name for this trap? Yeah, I did not see that coming. Yes. Because <laughs> he had tattoos <laughs> all over his body. <laughs> That's great. You're so good at puns. <laughs> well, when we decided that we were going to give fun names to the traps, I just really leaned in this whole movie. And yeah. Gave, I gave all of them traps. All right. So our victim is Seth. We don't know him yet. He is restrained to this table in the middle of some creepy warehouse. Um, I think it might be the the meat meat packing house, but we don't quite know that yet. Um, his hands are strapped down to uh, the table, stretched outward, and he looks to be within a vice. So he finds out that his trap, in order to release himself, he murdered somebody Um and went to jail for it, but his sentence wasn't long enough. Jigsaw has decided, or in this case, Hoffman. Um, as we now know, this is probably Hoffman going into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has decided the justice system is not good enough and decides to get his own justice with this man. Um, this guy uh, killed a woman that he was seeing and now needs to crush his hands in order to save himself. The hands that were the things that did the killing now have to be smashed to bits. Um, And if he's not able to do this within uh, 30 to 60 seconds, right? The first 30 seconds, it'll drop. And the second 30 seconds, it will slice through his body. Yeah. I timed it. Okay, good. Yeah, I think it was a minute total. It was a minute. There were some... spots where the time had slowed down a little bit. So I gave it some extra, uh, extra credit for that. Yeah. But it was about a minute. It's really symbolic with the, you know, hands in the vice and he has to crush his hands. Otherwise his guts are going to get split open by this pendulum blade. I really liked how 
old school this trap was. I wish that more traps were based off of Edgar Allan Poe stories. I think that that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this one was really interesting because you can tell it's a Hoffman trap from a couple of different angles. One is that Jigsaw's dead. So (laughs) so you can guess that this is probably not going to be Jigsaw unless they're doing some, you know, time messiness. And also because Seth, he ultimately decides to put his hands into the vice, crushes both of his hands, and then the pendulum still drops and slices him open from the, from, (laughs) from the middle. Totally sucks. Yeah. So gross too. His bones are sticking out. And there's just like blood everywhere. And the pendulum, as it's swinging, it's throwing his guts around the room. It looked so fun. (laughs) It's so, it's a little goofy. It's very bloody. There's like organ meat and there's blood coming out of his mouth. It's very active. And it's, it's so cruel too, because you can tell that he's worked himself up to crush his hands yeah. He backs out and he goes back in. Ugh. Yeah. It's extremely painful. You can tell it's super painful. And he, he, you know, he then still gets killed by the pendulum anyway. So it's a classic yeah. Hoffman. Ugh. He got Hoffman. This is a little Christ-like. Slightly. There's a little hint of it. I mean, he's stretched out kind of in a cross. Yeah. Right? They really like the crucifixion pose. Like, I feel yeah. like – I feel like it's kind of designed to get the most pathos out of the audience as possible. Probably. <laughs> In these like crucifix positions. But yeah, that's that's trap one. And then after this, we immediately kick back to some flashbacks. So Ooh. yeah, so I also kept a flashback count in this movie yes. because this one does have quite a few starting from the beginning. So after this trap, we do get a flashback to uh, the parallel events of Saw 3 and Saw 4. In with- case you forgot, after seeing it twice, Jeff gets shot and Lynn's head explodes. Yes, Jeff is one of Jigsaw's victims. So is his wife, Lynn. <laughs> Strom is making his way through the warehouse to try and figure out where Jigsaw might be hiding. He stumbles upon this room and he shoots and kills Jeff. And then he gets locked into this, you know, medical room where Jigsaw was. This is all dead bodies now. And the lights go off. And so this is a new – so we're still in a flashback, but this is a new scene that we're seeing as an extension to what happens to Strom uh, after these events here. So then it it transitions out kind of to carry us into, like – the present moment, which is Strom sees a glow in the dark paint on the wall of this room. Totally obvious, by the way. Yeah, Jigsaw loves <laughs> like there's glow in the dark paint in a couple movies now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that we've seen. And so Strom goes through um the wall and there's a tape there. And the tape, of course, tells him that the only way he's gonna survive is if he stays in the room with Jigsaw. Um, if he continues on down this path, then he's going to die. And so what does Strom do? Strom goes through the wall and he starts going into these tunnels. Yeah. I mean, he is a good cop, so it's time for his punishment. Actually, he's not a cop. He's an FBI agent, but still. 
but he comes upon his his trap. Actually, no, he doesn't come upon his trap. We see Hoffman with the pig mask on yep. take him out. Yeah, uh, with with some <laughs> what is that? With some something in a syringe, and he oh, and he puts him to sleep. Oh, okay. Some kind of poison agent. I thought he got knifed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and it really this scene is is a lot different, I think, than the other saw kidnapping scenes. It's not jerky. It's not dark. It's it's very like. No, no mystery. We we can see the form of Hoffman's body. You know, he's not wearing his Hot Topic gown. So you can definitely tell it's Hoffman in this case. Um, but when Strom wakes up, that's when his head's in a box of glass. He get, He's he's Hoffman again. <laughs> so he wakes up in trap number two. Did you have a name for this one? Just head of glass. I couldn't um, come up with one. I called it the fishbowl. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so the concept for this one is I love how low budget this one was. It was pretty great. Yeah. It's just Hoffman's head is in a glass box, and there's two, you know, those big, like, water cooler jugs of water. Um, Just dump water. (laughs) It just releases and dumps water into it. This is one for the kids at home. I think any of us could do this trap. I think we should – I think we should – we should do a diorama of this trap. We do get more, another really great diorama yes. in this movie. I was really excited. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah, so much fun looking at the diorama. Strom is a clever FBI agent. Yeah. And what's really funny in this one is that there's a quick flash that shows that Hoffman has relieved Strom of everything from his pockets, his gun and phone in particular, which the phone is going to be a plot point later on. Now that we have to like spend a lot of time on it because mm-hmm. it's a Hoffman thing, but the phone is taken from him, the gun, his badge, but Strom fiddles around in his pockets and realizes that Hoffman for whatever kind, generous reason left a pen in his pocket. And so uh, Strom just takes the pen and he gives himself a tracheotomy and is able to escape from the trap. Bravo. Man. Oh my goodness. Because when I saw that the first couple of times, it always appeared to me to be a trap that one could not escape. Yes. Um, you know, I wouldn't have thought to do that with the pen. I, it requires a lot of background knowledge right and just how the human body works and also a knowledge that you won't necessarily die from (laughs) puncturing your own neck I would not have that background knowledge but this wasn't my trap this was a trap for Strom and he would know that of course so Hoffman didn't actually Hoffman him in this case no he tried his best and Hoffman was so traumatized when he realized that Strom survived. Yeah. (laughs) Hoffman has been discovered by EMTs and the rest of the police task force. Um, We cleaned up an an open thread from all the way back in Saw 3, which is Jeff and Lynn's daughter. Yeah, she's Um, fine. She's fine. Hoffman saves her. Of course. Because he's the only one who knew where she was because he was working with Jigsaw. 
and he is playing the full part of the hero and then he sees Strom also exit the building and you just see the light go from his eyes. He's so he's so he's doomed. Yeah, he's so upset that Strom survived. Maybe he should have just drank all the water. <laughs> it just like gulped it down. <laughs> so he wouldn't have to puncture his neck. <laughs> I guess I should have called this one Thirsty Boy. Ooh, Thirsty Boy. That's a good one too. Thirsty Boy. Uh, could you do it? Do you think you could do it? Drink it or? No, puncture know. your neck with a pen. If I knew where my trachea was, <laughs> I thought I was going to die, then maybe. But right now, if someone said you need to perform an emergency trachea <sighs> on yourself, I I don't I probably puncture an artery. I know it's oh, on the wrong I know. side, but like I would probably <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> I mean, it, he has to do it in the front. Yeah, it's horrible. That seems so I'm feeling it now and it just feels so fragile and oh God, that'd be so difficult in there. Like I can feel like tendons, like who even knows what part is the trachea. Does anyone even know? No one knows. That's the part is that no one even knows where the trachea is. Oh my God. How did he do it? Bravo. After this, we get some more boring stuff with Jill Tuck. And her musical theme has basically become like a soap opera melody. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's not great. And you know what I did really miss in this movie is Jigsaw's motif. Yeah. Because he's not in the movie. And so right. they really built the Saw vibe around Jigsaw's motif that dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun, like <laughs> over and over. And you only yeah. it at the end. Um yeah, I feel like there's maybe only a couple times in this movie, but I feel like in all the other movies when Jigsaw is still alive, you get that a lot more. So it does feel a little more, I don't know, boring, a little more trite, I guess. Yeah, a lot of the music in this is just, it's almost like John Carpenter. It's its just a constant hum of sound that doesn't mm-hmm. really change very much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Boring music to fit a boring storyline. Here's Jill talking to the to a lawyer about her now deceased ex-husband John's uh, will or last wishes for her. Yeah, and I don't understand how Jill was able to get away with meeting with this estate lawyer without any police presence whatsoever. Yeah, what is going on? There's this. Box. Wouldn't they want to be there? <laughs> there's a vhs tape there's like is evidence it's all evidence like it is would have been immediately claimed by the police or the fbi they would not have just released it to jill with no one there to see it yeah and that's what is that what is that called um eminent domain i'm surprised they didn't declare eminent domain over this evidence yeah that's true i don't i don't really get it the vhs tape is fine it's jigsaw in his robe in his sumptuous robe he's apologizing to jill for some of his actions that he took over the relationship yeah sorry i murdered a bunch of people while uh we were still working on it he doesn't seem that apologetic he seems more sad that his relationship was ruined than he was sad about killing all those people which fits fits with his character it does and then the other thing is that jill gets a box and she looks inside of the box and then 
it's not revealed to the audience. Which what's seen. in the box? What's in the box, Jill? <laughs> Is that a seven callback? You think? I hope so. But that'd we, be cool. But we don't see it, and I I think that we don't actually see it this entire movie. No. Yeah. So they're banking on making more Saw movies. Yes, and this made me so excited to see what was in that damn box. It was a nice piece of mystery. It's a little dangling carrot. I feel like in yeah. the especially as they go on, there's so much where you're like, ooh, I wonder how that happened. And then five seconds later, they're like, this is exactly how this happened. <laughs> Let us spell it out for you. Let us do a flashback and show you exactly how Jigsaw screwed this into place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in this one, they actually left this as a mystery, which was pretty good. I I do have to say that when it is finally revealed what she got, I was definitely let down. But the buildup here is really nice. I do like that they don't show us this episode. Buildup is good. And I think it's very underutilized in the song. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We do get a nice little callback here to all the previous episodes. Um, when Hoffman receives his, his, you know, policeman of the year award or whatever it is, um, we get to see all of the fallen officers before him. Yeah, that was a good refresher on just how many people Hoffman has been responsible for. Your ha- for yeah. Your- <laughs> and in case you haven't caught all the flashbacks from this so far and the last four films, they want to remind you again. So... Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yep. As Hoffman's getting his promotion at that podium, he says some extremely jigsaw esque things, and you can just tell people in the audience are like, "I guess, I guess that justice was served." <laughs> Something doesn't seem quite right. Yeah, there, there's some puzzle pieces, <laughs> and then he literally says, "Life should be cherished, cherished while he's up there." It's really over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we all know what Jigsaw said. Why are you saying that? (laughs) We then get another quick scene. Hoffman and Strom, they're in the hospital. And this is where they've confirmed that the other detective, Perez, from Saw 3, did actually die. She was the one who got shrapnel in her face from the exploding Billy the Puppet doll. Yeah. And how long ago did that happen, Kate? In the timeline of this story. I have a lot of problems with this scene. In the timeline of the story, I think that, oh yeah, that's actually a really good point because they have the promotion before they go to the hospital. And so I had assumed that the hospital scene was like the next day, but unless they gave him a promotion like in the morning and then they went to the hospital like after lunch, like it doesn't really make any sense. Her room still has blood everywhere and cards. Fresh blood. blood, Like it is red. Yeah. I don't know how they had some time to get sympathy cards when she like looks like she bled out the same day. Yeah, it looks like her face exploded on the pillow. And this, I mean, this happened like the evening before they find Strom, right? Mm-hmm. This, that whole, that whole yeah. scenario with the puppet blowing up. Yeah. And then, th- then we still see Strom go through his mini trap and s- small maze. And then we see the award, like you said. And then we come to this room. She's already gone. 
and yeah. there's fresh blood on the pillow. I mean, it's been days. It had yeah. to have been days. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's goofy. We then um, – I didn't write any details about this next scene except I wrote the word diorama with five exclamation points. Wait, <laughs> I wrote dioramas with – one, two, three, four, five S's at the end. Hey, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's at about 22 minutes in. We get to see dioramas. Yeah, it's a good diorama too. It's like not just one, but it shows the interconnectedness of the rooms and the traps. And then there's like little doll people that yes. are in there too representing the victims. And so you just imagine that the person orchestrating this, Hoffman, right? Hoffman <laughs> combined has has taken the time to build this interactive diorama where as the people go through each stage, they're gonna move the little dolls from yes. next. It's perfect. <laughs> Even has some of them laying down and some standing. <laughs> I know. It's so like good. he's thought about posing them. There's so much love that's gone into this diorama. Genuinely, the diorama plus the the, the friendship actual, traps, actual friendship traps, are the best part of this movie. And if they just yeah. cut everything else out, I'd be pretty happy. Me too. This could have been a half hour episode, and it would have been good for me. <laughs> I was really glad that this movie clocked in at an hour thirty. I think that if they had made it any longer, I would have <laughs> wanted to fast forward through some scenes. Yeah, which I would always regret fast forwarding through a saw scene but anyways I digress yes the dioramas were such a highlight for me yes and this transitions us right into trap two so the way that I know trap three is this trap oh trap three yes yeah because we had the pendulum and then the head of glass oh okay yeah the thirsty boy sorry yeah all my numbering is off so I'm gonna have to like correct that so trap three the way that I categorize these was for the group of victims, each trap that the group of victims had to go through, I counted as a separate trap. Yes. Me okay, too. Cool. cool, cool. So I called this one, we're all in this together. Mine was next slicer. Okay, next slicer. So I called this one, we're all in this together, uh, which is a high school musical throwback. If <laughs> high school musical, which another thing too, this movie premiered at number two in the box office. Out of all of the Saw movies, only two of them have not premiered in the number one slot, and it was Saw 1 and Saw 5. And when Saw 5 came out, it opened in the number two spot, and what was in the number one slot? High School Musical. High School Musical. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And so I liked the little friendship tie-in here. Good, Good call out. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what do you think of our victims? So, okay, I I really enjoyed the characters this time. This this is the first time we actually see people learning from Jigsaw just by hearing about him in the news. So we know that Jigsaw is a really larger than life character in this universe, um, not just a local villain. And they talk about strategies to employ. They they look around the room. They the 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 tall bald guy, I forget his name now. He's really smart and he's like those are nail bombs or you know, those are bombs and mm-hmm. 
they, they're looking around the room for these little clues. And, and I was like, good, because that's the kind of thing that drives me crazy in horror movies is when you get a bunch of sequels and the characters never wise up or change their behaviors. You're just watching the same thing happen over and over again. So I, I think that's one of the, the main reasons I actually just love this set of traps. It's, it's cool to see the characters getting smarter, but still failing. Um, so I don't know if that's kind of what you were asking, but in general, yeah, I, I really like this batch of victims. I do too. I, I totally agree. I like that they have learned. They know that there's a strategy. The tall, bald guy, he's an investigative journalist. He, he and other people have wised up immediately that they're all connected in some way. They, they're pretty much like, what did you do? They look at each other and they're like, what did you do? I know what, I <laughs> yeah. what did you do. And it's still, you know, the folly of humanity. They're not willing to work together like they're supposed to. They're not willing to talk. I think we see this a lot in like Saw 2 where like if people had just stopped for literally 90 seconds and just said, these are all the bad things that I've done in my life. And <laughs> and then figure out quickly like how they might be related or like to stop and like actually talk about the contents of the tapes. I think that more people would have survived. You know, he even literally says, fight your instincts, fight your instincts to get through these. And they can't seem to they they think they're doing that by thinking through this. They're smart people. He's got smart people in these traps in general. Um but that is sort of what ends up killing them in the end. They are too smart. They they focus on the quickest answer instead of the best answer. Um, they, and yeah. and the, the best answer requires them to not be dicks. And that's the part of their instinct that they're not able to deny is being dicks to each other. I know. It's – yeah, it is funny because I feel like they – they glom onto the easiest answer, like you said, and the easiest answer involves sacrificing other people sometimes. And that's not actually what Jigsaw wants out of them. So in this first trap, we've got them, again, they've got locked collars around their necks. There's this wire that's strung up um, through all of their collars and they have a minute once the the timer is triggered to get keys from the opposite side of the room. So that's going to be pulling the other people back against these truly enormous blades that will decapitate them if they're pulled back too far. Yeah, they're all connected. So if one pulls forward, it pulls the rest back. So they have that to weigh against the timer on the clock. However, they also have the luxury of an extra 15 minutes to kind of work out a plan before the timer really needs to start. So maybe uh, real realistically 13 minutes, right, of prep time to talk yeah. through things. Um, and, and, and then something will happen. They don't know yet because that part hasn't been explained. They just see a 15-minute timer on the wall. But they don't really use that time wisely. No, one one of the guys, he is just frustrated. Like Megan said, that they're all they all look like smart people. They're all 
dressed in business casual. They're all they all look like business people. They're they're all successful. They 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 look successful. They look yeah, like they'd be good at their jobs probably. Yeah. There's one younger guy. It was really hard to catch their names, but there was one younger guy who looked like he might have had a drug problem. This guy is antsy. He's pacing. He doesn't want to engage with anyone. And so he, of course, is the first person to kind of leap forward and and triggers the timer. Yeah. yeah. And he takes so long. He takes so long to get over there um, and bust the glass to get his key. Part of the reason is because Charles, Charles is the bald guy. I looked it up. Um, he is... Uh, immediately a dick about this. So antsy guy goes forward, which pulls everyone back. And what does Charles do? He decides to pull forward. So now he's just fighting another person where it's very obvious that if you just took turns, you could probably all get the keys in time. I felt like this trap had multiple solutions to it. It definitely did. And so that's It's a very interesting thing because I think that that shows – there's a couple of things in these traps that I think show that they're not necessarily Hoffman traps and that these are kind of legacy jigsaw traps because there are multiple ways to solve them. There's the extra 13 minutes on top of the trap timers in each room for them to strategize on how they're going to do it before they trip the timers. And they're not – quite as brutal as what like Hoffman might have done in these. I also see a little bit of Amanda in these two. Yeah. Well, this is Jigsaw's last trap, right? That he has Hoffman carry out for him. Yeah. And I think that the reason why I'd say that it feels like there's a touch of Amanda is the uh, explosives. Like I feel like when like an, like a trap that had something with an explosion component in it, that was a, Key Amanda. Aw, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Amanda. So at the end of this one, four out of five of our victims are able to get their keys in time because of the messing around at the beginning between the two guys, of course. Our fire marshal, so we she identifies herself before the trap starts as a fire marshal. She gets decapitated. She gets jigsawed. Yeah, and it's cool, but I don't think the effects are very good here. The effects are a little lacking, but... But it was cool. It was cool. I loved it. (laughs) Yeah, that one's one's all right. And at least it was quick. That's true. I do, and I do like this trap. Like, I I really like the traps. And I know we were talking about how we should make a diorama of our favorite scenes. Like, I think I'd want to make a diorama from Saw 5. Of, yeah, of these traps because I think that these ones are probably they're a little more fun. They're a little more out there. They don't take that long, and I think that for a lot of them, you know that they're really brutal, but you don't have to really see how gruesome they are, except for the last one. The last one's they're pretty gross. <laughs> that one's yeah. They get progressively worse in a way. I what I, I think what I also liked about these traps, I'm gonna just talk about this all day, um, is that it felt like something I could even live through. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of it was a little more comforting, and um, I don't know that might be part of it. 
But I think I could have figured out the key thing, you know, like, okay, guys, let's time it. So I, I, always, I, I remember thinking, oh, well, that's too bad that she died. That didn't really have to happen. This is very true. We get, of course, we got to check in on our, on our agents. We got to check in on the agents. And here is where we actually get a flashback to Hoffman's involvement. So we learn that Hoffman was the one who kidnapped Baxter, Seth Baxter, our victim at the beginning of the movie. We learn that Hoffman's sister had been dating Seth Baxter and Baxter killed his sister. And so Hoffman has gone through the effort to create something that looks extremely similar to a jigsaw trap in order to frame Jigsaw for the murder of Baxter when Baxter's let off early from his murder charge on a technicality. And we get some quick forced character development with some flashbacks of Hoffman hugging his sister, which must mean that they were very close. Yeah, so we get a little Since we haven't seen this, we haven't seen this relationship at all over the past four movies. So they need to hurry up and make it look believable. Well, this really starts to show us that, um, yeah, so I did call that flashback five because it takes place within flashback four. Is Hoffman seeing his dead sister. He develops a drinking problem. And then we go back to Baxter's death scene. And then, and then we get Jigsaw, who is just like so offended that that Hoffman would besmirch his honor by setting up this trap that was obviously designed for someone to only die in, with no chance for rehabilitation or escape. Yeah, I think he uses the word inferior twice when he eventually um, confronts Hoffman about it in the same little blurb, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> Jigsaw has this quote to Hoffman in this scene where he says, killing is distasteful. I was like, like, what? (laughs) Please. I think out loud I said, oh, please. (laughs) I know. Jigsaw imagines himself as this like genius auteur murderer who's like, I'm not actually killing these people. They're killing themselves. It's like, come on. Like you're killing people in horrific ways. And he says, he says to Hoffman that there is a better, more efficient way. And I'm thinking, how is it more efficient to build these ridiculous traps than to just off someone? Right. And so Jigsaw's like, Hoffman, I'm going to give you a little bit of taste of your own medicine and my OG medicine, and I'm going to put you in a trap. So this is trap five. Yeah, trap five. And I call this one the Cobain trap, um, which is maybe a little distasteful. Um, (laughs) I called it shot to the head and you're to blame. Oh, okay. That one's good. I like that one. (laughs) So Hoffman is in a very like rudimentary jigsaw trap, which is, is nice. It's a nice little callback to the timeline here because this actually takes place, I think, before the events of Saw 2. This 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 actually takes place after Cecil, 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 whatever. Um, It takes place a long time ago um, because we actually do later on see Hoffman help him kidnap Paul. 
which was right. the razor wire trap. Right. Okay. So this is throwing it way back. Hoffman and Jigsaw have been in cahoots for the entire franchise now with this flashbacks um, scene. And so the trap that he's in is pretty basic. I think it's just there's a shotgun pointed at Hoffman's chin. Uh, yeah. You know, like under the chin type position. And Hoffman has to pull the trigger. It's like essentially like he has to pull the trigger. And if he's willing to pull the trigger, then he'll be rehabilitated or he won't. And he he goes through with it and nothing happens. And so Jigsaw is like, see, see how easy that was? You're rehabilitated <laughs> immediately. <laughs> he got the easiest test. It's so easy. It's kind he, of absurd. It's easier than Riggs. I mean, a 90-minute nap or, you know, you got to take time to fall asleep. You might feel guilty for a while. This was just a really quick, quick shot. And it was over. <laughs> and he, yeah. he walked away without a scratch. Yeah. And I'm calling all of this scene, which is quite a long scene, all within flashback five. Because you're, you're totally right that this is like before Saw 1. Because we see this continued scene of Hoffman deciding that he is going to work with Jigsaw and we get Paul Leahy. So we see Mm -hmm. the case files and we see the maze trap. We see um, additional case files. And I think that this is where you took some screenshots, right? Yeah, we, we do get a nice little um, summary of all of Jigsaw's victims as outlined by these case files. And it, it helped put place everything into um, timeline order for me. So I, I did freeze it there and take a look at that. Yeah, that was good. Uh, we'll post that on the blog. Cause I think that that's, it's a really good snapshot um, to place where, where we are. Yeah. And this is this scene where Hoffman is talking to Jigsaw is what I was referring to earlier about it getting very culty. This is mm-hmm. just Jigsaw talking and talking to Hoffman about his, you know, methodology in uh, this recovery system. And it's like he's starting a pyramid scheme. He's like, hey, this is better. You should, you know, pass this along, right? Like he takes on this weird sensei role. He's got that. It's very mentor-mentee. Yeah. Like like he's trying to impress his, his beliefs upon him. As if it's a cult. It's yes. yeah. It's a really long scene. He talks it is for a long. long time. Yeah. He talks for a long time and it's I don't know. You already feel like Hoffman's pretty much drunk the Kool-Aid, so I feel like he probably yeah. didn't talk that long. We get some additional there's just so many flashbacks and flash forwards in this section of the movie. Because they're trying to flesh out for us like what exactly Hoffman's involvement was, what his own style is even though I think that we as audience members are savvy enough to piece these things together and don't necessarily need all of this we do get a scene of Paul Leahy drinking in his car he's suicidal we've seen this in Saw Rebirth and we know Paul (laughs) from Saw 1 and um, he struggles with Hoffman which I thought was, was good like Hoffman you know trapped him 
But there's a struggle between Paul and Hoffman. It's not easy for Hoffman to just do this the first time. Although it's technically the second time because he did do this to Seth Baxter. Right. Yeah. Then we see Jigsaw setting up Paul's trap and like working on it with Hoffman, which is funny. So it's just more concrete evidence that Hoffman's been involved since before the events of Saw 1. Uh, And then um, I really did like this moment, this little camaraderie between Jigsaw and Hoffman, where they're talking about the various detectives in the police force. And they're like, oh, this one, way too smart. We're definitely going to have to do (laughs) all their plotting together. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a flash forward within a flashback. Oh, my goodness. Which is. Does that count as a new flashback? I did mark it as a new flashback. It was technically a flash forward, but it's still in the past. Right. So this was um, where Hoffman planted Gordon's evidence from Saw 1. So that was the the pen where uh, at Amanda's scene, the detectives find – and this is Tap. This is Danny Glover. Danny Glover finds Gordon's pen at Amanda's trap scene. And, you know, that's kind of an interesting, like, oh, I guess someone planted evidence at one point. And at that time, you're like, oh, it's probably Zepp the Orderly, who had tons of access to his pens. Um, But we learn here that it was probably Zepp gave it to Jigsaw, Jigsaw gave it to Hoffman, who then just handed it to Tap. This is very funny. Yeah, it, it's funny because they they are really good about going back and picking pieces that haven't been explained fully yet and running with those, using those as areas to plug in. Look, we thought about this the whole time when you know they didn't. Um, <laughs> they never expected to have this many sequels. It's like they're skimming. They're like, oh, this thing could potentially be a plot hole from an earlier movie. So we're just going to skim that up and we're going to attribute that to this character who is our current antagonist. Right. Yeah. And I I do appreciate them going back because so far they've been pretty good. They're not doubling up on things. They're not changing what we've seen. I, I haven't caught anything where they've changed what we've seen on screen. Um, it's, it's just sometimes like very convenient or it feels very forced. And I think this is one of those things where it's like obvious that they were trying to plug something in to connect. One of the traps we forgot to call out, uh, was trap four. This is the pinata of pain that our Mm. four, four residual friends are now faced with. Oh yes. Yeah. We did skip over that. You want to take us through it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, This is an interesting one. There is a ceiling, basically, full of glass jars uh, over our heroes' heads. And inside the glass jars are just, you know, random sharp knickknacks, as well as some keys. Um, When the tape is played, we learn that there are three keys in the jars that will work for these four cells that are around the room. Um, And it's not clear why those cells are there until the tape is played. Um, The keys need to be found and 
the cell doors need to be unlocked so that our heroes can survive the explosion that will go off in 15 minutes. Um, there is no way to get out of this room ahead of the explosion. So your only recourse is to hide. Um, we have four people and three cells. And so it sort of seems that one of them needs to be left out. It's very funny because it does seem like the way that there are three cells and only four of them left, but they started out in the first trap with five people. You're kind of like, huh, Jigsaw, was there always supposed to be one person who yeah. died? There's only four people here. So you as the audience, you're getting you're getting tricked a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's a farce. I, you know, I I remember thinking that the first time I saw this, that oh, I guess he was lying. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but as soon as the first key gets found and they open one of the cells, I, you know, the cell is huge. You can tell Very this immediately. Time. Yeah, they don't hide that. Um, somebody gets inside and there's room for one or two more people maybe um, inside. But but outside of the cell, the remaining three individuals are fighting over the last few keys. Um, man, we really see Charles be a dick here. He is not a good guy. Charles is the investigative journalist. He's just really combative with people. For he, no reason. Yeah. he's He thinks he's going to be able to brute force his way through all of these traps. And fortunately, he totally eats it in this trap. <laughs> yeah, he needed yeah. to go. He was annoying. So we see the antsy guy has started trying to smash away to get the keys. And for some reason, Charles thinks it'll be helpful if he fights him first, takes the the smashing instrument and smash for himself. I, I don't know why he thinks this is an improvement. I don't think it matters who smashes the glass jars, um, but he does waste some time doing that. And then he has this bizarre line, survival of the fittest as he is smashing keys for the other women in the room, for the women in the room. So he's saying kind of what Xavier said in, in Saw 2, like, I'm on my own. I'm going to make it through this survival of the fittest. But then he helps the two women. He just really doesn't like this antsy fire guy for some no, reason. He really doesn't. He. <laughs> I mean, we find out, but it's it just seems so extreme right now. Yeah, it is extreme and they get the keys, they get the keys down and how how is it that they keep him from getting into one of the cells? Well, Megan Good you know, sees that there's one key left and he is going to take it for himself instead of, you know, uh letting the kid the fire, the antsy kid's okay. head who he just smashed um, into the cell. And I think Megan Good has just had enough at this point. She smashes him. She smashes the back of his head, knocks him out so that everyone else can get into a cell. Right. So they get into the cells, they close themselves in, and then the timer goes off like immediately, of course. And it's, an, it's a nail bomb, right? Yeah, it's it's those nail yeah. same nail those bombs that were in the bombs. first room. Yeah. yeah, so that's it. That's it for our investigative journalist. Yeah, Ooh. and he's a big pulpy mess afterwards. It's great. It's, yeah, he he was one of the people who 
actually knew who they all were and why they were all likely there and connected and he dies. So then it's kind of left on these last three people to piece it together. We, we had skipped that trap and then went through all those, those many, many. (laughs) And so after all of those flashback scenes, we do get another trap with our victims. Um, I called this one bridge the gap. Oh, that's good. Yeah, this one's fun. So this one is is interesting because you as an audience are really like, oh, well, these numbers seem like they mean something. And we have only three people left. We have Rita from Dexter. And we have um, a black Megan woman. Megan Good. Megan that's Good. That's Megan Good, yeah. And then the antsy boy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and only the three of them are left. And the the goal of this trap, which doesn't even seem particularly hard in retrospect, if they yeah. had, had you know played played together nicely, right. there are five connectors, um, five like el- electricity connectors. Oh my god, I don't know anything about cars or electricity. Oh, or me neither. What these things are, but they're like electricity conductor things. Electricity bars. Yeah, electricity. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a bathtub filled with gross water. So gross. Why does everything have to be so gross? It's disgusting. Everything is always like grimy, and there's like a film of dirt on everything. It's yeah, it's a classic song movie. There's a lot less green in this movie, though. There is, yeah, yeah. And there's no weird transitions. We've left that style behind. That. Yeah, stylistic choice behind. I was kind yeah, of bummed, but yeah, Saw, yeah. Saw Five really feels like a departure in terms mm-hmm. of the overall aesthetic and editing. So the they here are like, well, one of us is going to need to sacrifice themselves so that the other two can move on because we're going to have to attach these five <laughs> electrical impulse things to one person in the bathtub so the door will open. And they're all kind of looking at each other. And then kind of weighing each other, eyeing each other up. Yeah. And it seems like the girls are going to gang up on the guy. And then Rita from Dexter just like stabs Megan good in the neck. So With her fun. electricity bar. Yeah. It's mean. It just seems really mean. It was mean. I, yeah, it, I didn't really understand this, this trap um, until jigsaw explains it to me at the end um because everything is so sharp all the electricity bars are sharp they all look like weapons so they Mm -hmm. look like something you have to stick into somebody but you really don't you could just hold them yeah you Um, just hold yeah um but yeah it's a scary looking one and then you know the water's gross it's it's kind of grimy but it really wasn't that bad of a trap yeah, they throw her body into the tub and then they just stab her every limb with <laughs> and her neck. And her neck. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and then they pass through and they do it so fast. Like they could have taken the time to stop and thought think about it. And instead, Rita is just like, nope, we're going to keep moving. Yeah. It's good though because they get into the next room and they have all this luxurious extra time to discuss their plans and they they actually do finally take you know the time to talk about what's been going on and what this next trap is. They almost figure it out before 
it even starts before that they hear the tape. Yes. Yes, it is good. Yeah. So I call this trap. This is trap seven now. Yes. I call this trap. Please donate to your local blood bank or hospital because they are desperately in need of blood. Oh, that's so. a good one. You should keep that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that trap name. Um, I had called it cup runneth over, but I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick reminder to our listeners. <laughs> this one is the most brutal of all the traps that our, you know, victims in this maze are having to go through. There is a glass box in the center of the room. And this is where, again, this number five keeps coming up. There's, yeah. you know, in the previous room, there were five electrical pulse things. And then in this one, there are five arm slots. And this is where Rita and Ancy Kid we should really learn his name. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> they sit down and sh- they're like, let's let's talk about this a little bit. And this is where they realize how they're all connected. And how they've royally fucked all the friendship traps. <laughs> yeah, they just played this game in totally the wrong way. So Rita, she, she is a like vice president type person at a real estate company. And the ANSI kid, he was an arsonist. And we had a fire marshal um, who died in the first trap. And then in the second trap, the investigative journalist died. And in the third trap, we have um, Megan Good. She was a developer, right? Right. Yeah, she was. Oh, no, she was a. Uh, She Yes. So she had to, yeah. Okay. Approve yeah, so she things. Give, she has to get the approvals. Right. And this whole reason why all five of them were brought here is because they were all involved in a massive cover up scheme where a low income housing, which we know is very near and dear to Jigsaw's heart, uh, was building was burned down and uh, was burned down. The ANSI kid was kind of used as a patsy so that they could build these like high-rise luxury condos in our, in our nameless city. So relevant. I know. It's such a hot topic. <laughs> and uh, this movie came out in 2008. And so this was like kind of on the precipice of the housing crisis. And so it was. people were already like not thrilled with like luxury condo development. And this is just very timely. But the – the real kicker here is that when the arsonist burned the building down, um, he didn't realize that there were eight people still inside of the building. And so eight people ended up dying as a result of this. Yeah. And we also learned that uh, – what's her name? Dexter Girl. She knew that there were people inside. Yes, she knew. She knew. Monster. That there yeah. So she's, she's not a good person. I mean, they're not good people. They're um, really not. They probably deserve to go to prison instead of having to go through – torture traps but yeah i still think this is a bit much but yeah they are all jerks so they they're in this trap and they're looking at it and this is when it all clicks into place for rita she realizes that uh, oh she realizes that specifically when she looks at the door and there's a there's a key uh, a key lock on the door and she she has saved the keys from the very first trap 
Yeah. She she was smart. Yeah. She pulls out the keys and she realizes that all of the keys were the same and any key would have worked on any of them. Did now, can you tell if a key matches another key by looking at it, Kate? Because I don't think I can. I mean, if it was like a big cartoon key that had like (laughs) only like two teeth on it, (laughs) I would be able to tell the way that she kind of glanced in her hand and realized that they're all the same. I was like, well, how did you not put that together earlier? Like you the glanced- first time you glanced at these <laughs> casually. Now very quickly and realized they're all the same. So I don't, re- I don't totally know. But it does. That's what, yeah, you're right. That's the missing puzzle piece in her uh, dissection of what's been going on. She realizes, oh shit, we should have all worked together. Like he said, <laughs> And she also thinks back to how big the cells are. They were plenty big for everybody. They realize, oh, if they had just split the difference on the electricity, they would have all been fine. And now they're upon this trap. And what do they see in this trap? It's horrible. It's (sighs) arm slots. They have to stick their arms in uh, to these rotating circular saws. And they have to cut themselves so they they can bleed and fill up a is it 10 pints 10 pints it's 10 pints of blood that needs to be filled so if there are all five of them they would only need to give two pints a person which is doable which is doable it's not great but it's doable but because there's only two of them they both have to give up five (laughs) pints of blood yeah womp And what Stace, I was thinking, you know, they had a couple minutes, right? I was thinking, oh, maybe they could go back and get Megan Good's body. But if they take her body away, the door will seal shut. So they can't even use a perfectly good body full of blood in the next room. They have to do this. It's awful. I know. I guess the lesson here is to make sure you always have a spare body on you in case you need 10 pints of blood. Yeah. And also play nice. Yeah, make friends, keep your friends. Friendship is magic. Truly is. And so <sighs> we they I do think it. at this point, Kate, though, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I think at this point, if there were only two of us left, I might just kill somebody. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I'd expect to survive the loss of five point pints of blood anyway. <laughs> I I guess terrible. I guess they're on a timer, which is why they do this. But the thing yeah. that shows me in this is that they put their hands into the circular saw and it immediately rips into their yes. hands. Of course. I'm like, <sighs> it's dumping out blood. And our Patsy kid is like, we're not getting blood fast enough. And so he shoves his arm all yeah. the way up through his forearm, through the circular saw. And he just completely mangles his arm. It is so gross. And I just think it's so unnecessary. Like, I don't think he needed to totally ruin his arm like that. I couldn't stop thinking about all the blood that was spraying everywhere and collecting on the glass and not falling into the damn beaker. I would have been so frustrated. That is very precious. (laughs) Scrape every little drop. Oh, goodness. Um, I love the behind the scenes for this trap because, you know, they use prosthetic arms and stuff. But, man, I think these actors do such a great job. They look awful. They look like they're in so much pain. Um, they're really good. I actually think that the acting from all of the victims is, like, pretty solid. I think it's yeah. pretty good. 
Yeah. They, you know what they don't do though in this movie, which I wish they did. Um, we, you know, saw one, we see Dr. Gordon turn into like a white clown. <laughs> yeah. And these guys look fairly healthy by the end of this ordeal. Um, and I kind of wish they had done the white clown makeup again. I do too. So, you know, Rita like drags herself like through the open door. And of course they're back in Jigsaw's warehouse area because everything is connected. And so she's just kind of laying there and she, she's not exactly rosy cheeked, but she does not look as sallow as I would want her to look. Right. Having lost so much blood. Five pints is no joke. It's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. that's, oh, I love, I love getting to see um, Ansi Guy's arm flop around a little bit, right? It's so Both gross. Of, is it, yeah. is it his arm or her arm? I forget, it's but it's he's cut down the middle. Yeah. And it just he's sort of, <laughs> it is so gross looking. I, I'm so glad they give us that shot. Um, you get to see his arm up, held up and uh, light being backlit. So you kind of see the the split in his arm and it looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and but they do make it. They do make it to the end, and at this, I don't point, know how. Yeah, at this point, we've got, you know, Strom is investigating Hoffman. We before this last trap, we get additional flashbacks of Hoffman working with Jigsaw. Um, Hoffman talks to Jigsaw a little bit about Amanda specifically as a henchman, which I thought was funny, and. Then we get some additional, you know, just reminders for the audience in case you forgot that the <laughs> the ending of Saw 4, again, um, had Hoffman, you know, in the trap. And then there's a flashback to the beginning of this movie with Strom <laughs> escaping from his own trap, which I was like, we're really going to do a flashback to the beginning of this movie. This movie's only 90 minutes long. <laughs> uh. And so the end here, we've got this, you know, cat and mouse game between Strom and Hoffman. Hoffman's done a pretty solid job of setting up Strom as the fall guy here. He's got his cell phone in Jigsaw's warehouse location. He's planted some evidence that makes it look like Strom was maybe going to take out his FBI partner as a Jigsaw type victim. And I'm really skimming over this because... The the it's, ending really yeah. is important here. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I I like saving all that stuff for the end because it's just so good the way they end it. Yes. Um. So at the very end, this is trap eight. eight. Yeah. Great. Um. I call it Strom in a box. Oh, I called it flat as a glass pancake. Oh yes, I like that one. That one's good. <laughs> <laughs> this trap looks terrifying um but it's another it's another trick by Hoffman so Strom enters a room where the only thing in the room is this big glass box filled with glass shards and we've seen this box before we saw a well flash forward it was in a flashback but of this box being made in in episode four um, and so here it is. And what does Strom have to do? Strom has to get in the box. So Strom has already disobeyed one tape. And the first tape had told him, don't go into this hallway. You're going to die. 
Strom immediately goes into the hallway, gets kidnapped within 10 seconds. He wakes up and he's in this room. There's another tape and the tape tells him, if you want to survive, you will actually listen to me and you will get inside of this box that's filled with glass shards. Yeah. And he doesn't. I mean, why would he? Hoffman is not trustworthy. <laughs> so many wow. of his traps fail. I know. His traps fail or are designed to just kill you in a really painful way. Yeah. And the funny thing here is that uh, Hoffman doesn't just let this scene play out. Uh, he wants to be a front row audience member yes. to this scene playing out. So he comes in and it looks like Hoffman is trying to ambush Strom. He, he comes in with a gun and it seems like they are going to tussle for a little bit. And then Hoffman just jumps, you know, he gets into this box. And at first he seems a little panicked. It's some good acting on Hoffman's part. It is. Uh, but then there's some gear mechanisms start start kicking into place. Yeah. This is actually my favorite Hoffman scene. Um, so, right, they're fighting. Um, Hoffman ends up in the box and Strom is outside of the box because he doesn't listen because why <laughs> would you again? Um, and Hoffman... Hoffman does, yeah, his really great acting, acting scared, like he doesn't want to be in the box, like Strom made the right call. Um, as Strom is seemingly watching him squirm, the door behind him seals shut. It, it closes and, and locks. And Hoffman's glass box starts to lower into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um now, the next part, this is where I, I always have to cover my eyes when this trap starts. This is the actual trap. What we saw Hoffman get into was actually the escape. And this is, this trap is so enormous and mechanical that the thought of them building this just baffles the mind. Yeah. Absolutely baffles the mind because this is actually, this room is not a room. It is a Star Wars trash compactor. That's what I wrote down. I said, yeah. <laughs> this is what Star Wars should have been. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And so we see Strom get actually truly compacted. Oh, it's so gross. It's brutal. It's real. It's hard to watch because is. he is he's trying to stop the gears he's trying to push against the walls and And he and he at one point his arm is the width between the two walls so he's trying to brace the walls with his arm and you see his bones splinter and shatter and jut out of his arm it is so so painful to watch and you just see him get squeezed like an orange and like (laughs) and the end of the movie is this blood splattering as Hoffman watches Strom do it. Oh, he's so demented. And the OG music comes back at the end. Yes, which is thrilling. Like you it feels so music. good. It's really telling you, like, this is our new jigsaw, like it or not. Like yeah. this is the kind of trap that he does. It's a lot more brutal. The odds of someone surviving are very low. And I have to imagine that Hoffman specifically built this trap knowing that Strom would not get into the box. Definitely. So that he watch. I, I was like, oh, he's a voyeur. He wants to watch. Yeah. This well, we kind of touched on this earlier 
in the movie because we were, you know, glossing over all the boring shit. But um, Hoffman does ask Jigsaw in his train, his sensei training, how do you anticipate what they're going to do? And uh, sensei Jigsaw says, you know, I don't have any expectations for how they're going to behave. I set things up and they make their own decisions. Where Hoffman really wants to see this. He wants Strom to get it. And he has Mm -hmm. set this whole thing up to look like Strom did it. It's so vicious. Um, He is way more vicious and in this for himself than Jigsaw ever was. Um, I think Jigsaw did sort of believe some of his own baloney, but Hoffman wants to guide people in the way he expects them to go so that he can watch. Exactly. One thing I didn't realize that I learned when I was looking at the Wikipedia page (laughs) was that this trap takes place in the renovated house from Saw 2. So they took the house from Saw 2 and had renovated it to add this into one of the rooms. Okay. I, I missed that in the episode. I don't think that it's clear. I think okay. that you, I think that you could maybe guess that it's somewhere that we might have already seen. It looks so different from anything that we've yeah. seen. Yeah. So I don't think that we could re- reasonably know, but because it's all part of that tunnel system that connects up the warehouse with his workroom and it does connect up to the nerve gas house and or the neurotoxin house that in the I guess that the intention was that it's a it's a room within that house that's being used. So it's not like a totally new location to us. I I mean I did expect it to be connected because that would be the most economical use of space, but I yeah, I kind of missed that. I'm wondering if they'll give us clues in future episodes that kind of tell yeah. us more about that. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. And then at the, you know, at the very end of the movie, this is a very classic saw movie ending is we get uh, a flashback montage <laughs> yes <laughs> of basically the entire movie and then with a couple of like extra scenes cut in to show like how Hoffman specifically set up Strom and that's that's the end of the movie we end it with a flashback we end it with a flashback with our you know I think it's it's Strom's face with the blood splatter – or not, not Strom's face. It's Hoffman's face with the blood spa- splatter in front of it. And yeah. then credits. It's good. It's a good ending. My flashback count was 12. Oh, my goodness. And there are eight traps. Yeah. So now we're in bad trap to flashback ratio territory. I'm really thinking that the ratio is the thing that's really – really the clincher for how good these movies are (laughs) i think so too (laughs) and how much jill tuck yeah we get i think three scenes with jill tuck in this one yeah so they're i mean they're kind of brief though like she's not a big plot driver in this no but in the next one she is and it's i think considerably worse than this one (laughs) yeah saw six is a doozy uh saw five coming into it I knew that there were parts that I thought were fun, but I was also like not looking forward to it either. Yeah. And I think because the the tone tonal differences between watching our five victims go through the traps and like how inventive those are and 
fun and seeing them learn and like eventually work together and that the mission of those traps are still within Jigsaw's you know motivation and like his plans is really good and then all the other scenes are just it's either backstory or a flashback or it's set in the present day but it's not telling us anything new and so it's just like I don't know half of it's like a pretty fun entertaining horror movie and the other half of it's just kind of like a boring police procedural yeah mixed in with some soap soap opera drama yeah it's it's very yeah it's very uneven I would say yeah I would recommend this film to anybody who likes Saw um obviously but especially for people who like get into the traps um, cause I think the traps in this one are great. This is my favorite set of traps from any of the Saw movies actually as a whole. I don't recommend it if you are not interested in the story of Jigsaw. There is a lot of that and it does detract from, from the movie, but overall it's fun and I think has some of the best traps in the whole series. I totally agree. I think that the traps are are worth it. I think that they're well acted. I think that they got a good crew of people to play the victims. I think that, you know, Rita, I don't remember the actress's name. I'm sorry. Uh, she's really good. She's kind of our, our protagonist of the victims group. So she's always fun to watch. I really like her. And yeah, I guess I wouldn't recommend this to people who have other things to watch in their queue. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, this shouldn't come in front. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that this is definitely like late on a weekend night. You don't really know what to do. It's only 90 minutes. So it's quick. If you've seen, even if you've seen saws one through three, and maybe you haven't seen four, there's enough flashbacks where you can probably get into it or yeah, I think that there's not so much contingent here on, you knowing the previous movies, if you just want to watch it for some fun traps. That's Saw 5. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Stay tuned for Saw 6, of course. And it's so funny to think that we're only a few weeks away from finishing the Saw OG series. Yeah. You know, um, I was looking to see when Spiral was coming out because I couldn't remember the actual release date. And it's next year now. Yeah, they postponed it. It was supposed to come out May 2021, which was a really big motivator. Uh, May 2020, yeah. 2020 was the original, yeah. And now it's postponed to 2021. So far away. I'm really looking forward to it, though. Like, I, yeah. In my heart of hearts, I like genuinely believe that Spiral is going to be super good. Oh, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see it. We definitely need to be in the same state watching it together yes yes together yes (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to our show see you next time this has been not quite dead make sure to check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts hey you know if you're feeling a little wild and crazy why don't you try listening to them out of order it's not like the saw movies make sense anyway or you know listen to them in order as they were intended either way thanks for listening to our show Don't get sawed.